Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Kind of edition of the Night Report podcast. I'm your Close co-host enough. Mike Broadbent. Uh, joining me is my co-host Richie Schneiderite. Richie, uh, yesterday, man, wild night to be a Scarlet Knights fan. Uh, we got the commitment from Eric Rogers. You know, we thought we had that podcast all settled. Then, boom, another commitment. Uh, this time on the basketball side, Jamichael Davis. He is a <laughs> class of 2023 recruit out of McEachern High School in Georgia. Uh, he is a shooting guard. We saw him, or he he got an offer this summer from Rutgers, along with a few mm-hmm. others like uh, Auburn and VCU. Tell us a little bit about Ru- what Rutgers is getting in this kid. Yeah, so I mean, like like I said, uh, actually, like what you just said, uh, we were sitting there. Well, I was sitting there. I was getting ready to eat dinner. Commitment. I was like, all right, I got the Rogers thing done. We're good. Don't even worry about it. Then I get up, I'm going to going to eat again, and I'm like, are you kidding me? There's another commitment. Like, <laughs> I gotta get back up. Oh my god, I gotta rewrite this and this and this. Yep. And I'm like, all right. But anyway, he seems like uh, at first glance, I know everyone was freaking out because he had like two offers on his profile. Uh, he had no stars. He didn't even have a picture. And everyone sees that and they're like, oh, my God, under the radar kid. At this point, can we just trust Pike? I mean, look at Wolfolk. That's that's a prime example of yep. like Pike knowing talent. Um, yeah, just I mean, and if you watch his tape, he's pretty he's pretty good. He's uh, he's quick. He can create his own shot, create some space. Um, he's very quick with dribble moves and stuff like that. Uh, he's, he's got a pretty unique blend of being a facilitator slash, um, slash scorer. Like he can drive at the rim and he's not afraid of contact down low. He's got a nice little touch when he gets pretty close to the rim on layups. Um, there's, there's one, uh, one highlight that we posted on our Instagram of a recent game that he played against. It's called uh, Grovetown, I believe. And he has some of his lay-ins, like they're like little touches from like three feet, four feet out, but. There's, these guys are swatting at it every time, and he just gets it off just perfectly clean within like a second or two early of what the where the block was going to hit. But uh, he he's actually a really good player in my opinion. And he uh, last year he played at Lakeview Fort uh, Oglethorpe, I think it's called high school. So I don't really know much about that school, but the one he transferred to is a powerhouse down in Georgia. Yep, features several um, big name guys, several top one hundred and fifty guys. One. One kid's ranked top 10, I think, in his class, in Ace Bailey, yep. who's his teammate and a Rutgers target. I know people are like, yeah, Rutgers, five-star, it ain't going to happen. But I'm telling you right now, there's some unique connections there that we'll get into in a little bit that ha- Rutgers has a legitimate shot with him. And uh, overall, this this is just a really good get. I know our guy, Zach, Zach Smart, just uh, posted an article on him. Uh, he praised him for his IQ, compared him to Geo Baker, really great vision. And I can't say that enough because he's he has a great ability to see the floor. If you see him in transition, he makes some crazy passes in that highlight tape that uh, I'll yeah. try to share in the link below or something. 
Yeah, he's a great finisher around the hoop too. Like I know that's if you've watched any Rutgers games this Cliche. season, you know that Rutgers <laughs> struggles inside uh, inside three feet. So he's he's got a few highlights on his on his tape where he's just you know contorting himself. He's not the biggest guy; he's only about six two, but he's you know mm-hmm. scooping his way around defenders. Um, I do like his game as well, and that like you mentioned, the, the AAU team he plays on and the high school team he plays on are both loaded oh, yeah. with talent. There's a top twenty kid in the 2025 class on McEachern as well. So this, obviously, you don't take a kid just because of his connections to his teammates or his friends. But mm-hmm. it, it, I was talking to you about this. It is kind of something that you think about as a tiebreaker. Like, if you like two guards equally, but one is a teammate of a top five player who's showing interest in you as well, and the other is playing on a, a team in the middle of, you know, a cornfield in Iowa, you probably <laughs> take the kid who's playing with the five-star player. Um, so this kind of also came out of nowhere. He was on campus this past weekend, right, for the yes. Hall game. Yep. Uh, was that an official or an unofficial? You know? Unofficial from uh, okay. what I can tell. But it's it's actually interesting, too, and I wanted to mention it before. So if you look at Pike's last two point guards, they're completely different from his other point guards that he's recruited. Like, yeah. Paul okay, he's 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, Gio was probably a legitimate 6'4", maybe 6'5", t- like if you if you put shoes on him. Um, but these, these two kids in uh, Jermichael Davis and Simpson are like six foot, six foot one. Six, this kid's six foot two listed technically, but I don't know if he's really that. But uh, it's it's a lot smaller guards and a little bit more crafty guards too, which which I kind of like, and it kind of shows what Pike's trying to do. Because if you've watched this team over the past couple of games, they lack speed. Paul Mulcahy, while a great distributor, is not going to be running up the court as fast as uh, Jermichael Davis will, or as fast as Derek Simpson has been. And um, I think you just need more speed on the guards, and that's going to help to create open looks for guys like Gavin Griffs, for guys like Cam Spencer next year, for uh, I don't know, Derek Simpson, whoever else is a good shooter, Andre Hyatt, who uh, who's a pretty good shooter at times too. So I mean, you need more craftiness, you need more speed, and you need guys that can create space at the end of the day, and that's that's what Davis can do. You see it on his tape. There's a couple crossover moves that he's just that defenders getting pushed back like a couple feet, and it's like yeah. If, I know the biggest question mark about him was his outside shooting, but there's a couple highlights that it looks like he's definitely improved in that regard. And as long as he can kind of improve his outside shooting, there's no reason why this isn't going to be like a steal for Pike. And it just goes to show you at this point, if, you, if you're a Rutgers fan, Rutgers hoops, stop with the, the fire Pike shit yep. and just literally just trust the guy. He knows what talent is. He knows he sees talent in some of these guys. He can develop them. Maybe you'll strike out once in a while with like, a Palmquist or someone else, but this this is going to be a really good point guard for Rutgers, and he has an ability to score, maybe not shooting-wise, but he can get to the rim and score at will. Yeah, I mean, there isn't going to be a single coach on the planet who doesn't miss with recruiting stuff, miss mm-hmm. with the signing. So I think it's unfair to you know point a, at any of his misses and not also give him credit for all the hits. I think at this point he's got a higher hit rate than miss rate. Oh, yeah. Um, and it, you know it's quick. It's funny how quickly we you know hear people praising Wolfolk, but they're also bashing him for taking Wolfolk at the same time. So just we, I I get the frustration with some coaches at Rutgers um, taking what we see as reaches, but I think Pike has earned the, the enough credibility to just let a kid come on campus, see what he looks like after a year before you really judge Pike for taking a kid. So that's kind of where I'm at with this one. I, I do think. If Mike sees something in him, willing to give him a scholarship, he's good enough for me. Um, I do. I did like what, a lot what I saw on tape of him, but he does play with a lot of really high end teammates, and I kind of want to talk about that next. I always yeah. thought Ace Bailey was a bit of a pipe dream. Like he was coming up though, so he did visit in June, he did visit in September. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of like okay, this kid 
might be interested. Okay, this kid actually might be taking Rutgers seriously. <laughs> now, I, I texted you this. I'm like, does Pike feel better about landing Ace Bailey than than we previously thought? And I, I think he probably does. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're spot on with that one. So now that's where the unique connection goes. I know everyone's like Georgia. Why the hell is a Georgia kid going to Rutgers? Like between Jermichael Davis, between Ace Bailey. So the AAU program that is down there, it's Athletes of Tomorrow, it's called. Um, it's ran by Sharif Cooper's dad, Omar Cooper. Um, long story short, let's, let's put this as short as possible. Sharif Cooper was a top 22 prospect in the country. His dad's a Newark native. Sharif's a Newark native. They went down to Georgia to play their high school ball. But uh, Omar Cooper, Sharif's dad, is his sister is related to Brandon Knight. I don't know if it's sister-in-law or something like that. I forget what the exact um, family connection is. They're somehow related. And Brandon Knight's very close with Omar Cooper. They're very tight. And we, we've heard time and time again with Aris Bailey or Ace Bailey, whatever you want to call him, um, that there's a really good chance that Rutgers could land him. Um, now I'm not going to say it's a lock by any means because it did sound like Auburn was in front for the longest time. And that's where Sharif Cooper ended up going to high, uh, college. Yep. Obviously there's a tight connection there between Cooper and the, the Auburn staff. Um, but, but Cooper's very close with, uh, with Brandon Knight. And they, 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 I, I, we've heard like all summer long that Rutgers is like maybe a number two right there. Mm-hmm. Now it's, it's going to be tough because this, it is Auburn. It's a lot closer to Georgia, obviously than, than Rutgers would be in New Jersey. Um, so it would be able to go or Ace Bailey would be able to stay a little bit closer to home, but it sounds like Brandon Knight is he's earning that seven hundred thousand and more. I don't want to say like he needs another extension because mm-hmm. I don't know how much money they got there for <laughs> assistant coaching salaries, but that's let's just say this man has earned that contract extension and more. He got he helped get Oscar Palmquist on, on this uh locked on Oscar Palmquist, geez. He helped get <laughs> he helped get Gavin Griffiths locked in. Um, he's, he's helped get Aris Bailey on campus a bunch of times. He's pushing for Dylan Harper. I, I hate to keep hyping it up, but this 2024 class could be legendary for Rutgers. It could be insane. It could if, be. Even if you land one, like it could be insane. Like a top 10 kid, number, number 10 is Dylan Harper. Number five is Ace Bailey. Like it, it could be an absolutely insane class. And there's so many connections with that night has throughout the country, not just the New Jersey area, got the mm-hmm. Pittsburgh area. Cause he's a Pittsburgh <laughs> hall of famer. And he's got he's got connections down there in Georgia, obviously with Omar Cooper. Um, it, this this could be a potentially legendary class for Rutgers, and they're doing a really really good job with Ace Bailey. And I, I wouldn't shock me to see him get on campus again relatively soon because they want these guys in the rack to hear this atmosphere and see what it's about. Yeah, and, and don't guys don't kill me for this, but we've we've talked about the rack renovations, right, and how they're probably a year or two away. Can you imagine mm-hmm. if Pike lands a Dylan Harper and an Ace Bailey in the same class, and that's the year that we're doing rack renovations, and so they don't even get to play at the rack? Oh, and God, don't say listen, it. Listen, I want to, I want to put the the uh, I want to put the kibosh on that idea, period, because that would just be the ultimate like Rutgers thing to happen, right? You get the best recruiting class in program history, probably won't ever top that, and it's then you don't actually screw. get to, yeah, you don't actually get to play with the biggest home field advantage, home court advantage in college basketball. So let's yeah, just they get even... the prep for the they get the prep for the league. They'll be already in like a kind of NBA arena. It's like uh... let's just hope that Pike has enough clout to maybe push that back if that's the case. I doubt it, but we'll see. No, um, they'll they'll find a way to make sure that rack is is there for the one and dones with yeah. Ace Bailey and maybe Harper. They they might both be one and dones at this point. Like it's who would have thought we'd be talking about Rutgers and one and dones? 
I mean, just kind of goes to show how much has changed uh, the Rutgers basketball the last five to ten years. Absolutely um, insane. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. So let's pivot to uh, some football talk. <clears throat> so Rutgers obviously hosted a, a bunch of visitors this past weekend, both high yep. school and transfer level. Seems like there, uh, there wasn't a whole lot of reporting about some of the kids who were on campus from Parrish Shand, we recorded yesterday's pod in the day before you got confirmation yeah. that he was actually on campus. You had a bunch of pictures uh, of the student section. And you're like, uh, I think that's him. Kind of, I'm not sure. Yeah, you, like... yeah, you, you didn't want to like go with information that you weren't 100 percent on. Yeah. And then today news broke that another big time transfer was on campus this past weekend. Maybe not the whole weekend, but at least yesterday. Uh, that's uh, Devontae Walker, who yeah. is at Kent State. He won. <clears throat> sorry. He was the, the MAC wide receiver of the year. He was first team all MAC this year. He had like over 900 yards and 11 touchdowns this past season. Dude's just a baller. Um, I mean, I'm honestly a little bit surprised he was visiting Rutgers given the amount of options he probably has. Uh, tell us a little bit about this yeah. kid. Um, yeah, so Devontae's Walker. He's a tall, lengthy wide receiver, 6'3, 175. It's kind of like that Sean Ryan type build. Uh, maybe an inch shorter, but it's you know, whatever. Like, um, an inch doesn't really matter uh, unless it's in your love life, but that doesn't matter. Um, I was going to say that's what she said, or not what she said. Yeah. Um, no, he's he's a really good kid. He's probably the better of the two receivers in the portal from Kent State. Dante Cephas is the other one, a little shorter, a little faster, less yards this year. Um, but Walker, um, seven receptions for 106 yards and a touchdown this year in one game in particular. It was against Georgia, number one yeah. team in the fucking country that no one can score on, no one can stop. They're going to win it all. Bet the house on that one, on that bet online preview that we had before. <laughs> um, but they're, they're, he's he's really good. He had seven for 106 against a Georgia defense. That's against Fran Brown's secondary, man. Yep. Fran Brown ain't shit compared to this guy. <laughs> Sorry, Fran, if you're listening. I love you still. I love you still. But uh, what do you call it? No, this please. Kid. <laughs> please come back. <laughs> this kid. <laughs> Jesus. This kid has uh, two years of eligibility left. I know there's there's some reports out there that he has more. No, that's not true. He played like nine games in 2021. Uh, played all season this year. Uh, he's he's a really good player. If they can land him, it'd be impressive, especially the fact that you probably don't have an OC currently. I yeah. think probably because, you know, if, they, if they're hiding secret visitors, they're hiding a secret, secret OC that no one knows about too. But uh, this kid's had multiple 100-yard games against Georgia, against Miami, Ohio, Eastern Michigan. I, obviously, it's not the best comp in the world. Ohio, who I think won the MAC this year, mm-hmm. um, he, he had 107 yards against them. He's he's putting up crazy numbers. Um, but yeah, and I mean this this would be a hell of a get. Now it's going to be tough because number one, you don't have an OC. Yep. Number two, uh, I don't know what the, I'm trying to figure out the connection to him in the staff. It doesn't like make any sense to me, and I can't find anything at, at all whatsoever. But uh, he, he, overall, this this would be like a grab and a half. Like this kid is, this is a stud. Like this is the home run hit that you need for Rutgers. And you could sell playing time. You could be like, hey, your wide receiver won automatically. Mm-hmm. 
But end of the day, I, I hate to say it. Some of these kids see this offense and they, they they're like, oh shit, like yeah, I can be wide receiver one, but am I going to get the ball to me? Like, yep. So it's a tough one. Yeah, and it's it's tough too because it's like our offense is kind of like a chicken or the egg situation. Is it? You know, we're calling all these bad plays. Is that you know the primary reason why the offense wasn't working, or is it because we also had players who weren't able to do what the offense wanted it to do, wanted them to do? So it's yeah, it's, it's if you get players, does that automatically make you a good offense? Probably not. If you get a good OC without great players, does that make you have an automatically good offense? Probably not. You probably need a mix of both. So maybe that's what they're selling. You know, we're going to bring in this high-powered offense, the dual-threat quarterback. And uh, we just are looking for the right guy. We make sure we get this job perfect. Uh, we make sure we get the right guy in place. But we need players. So yeah, be our wide receiver one. It's it's interesting because I'm trying to figure out like what happened at North Carolina Central because he went there 2020, didn't play obviously, mm-hmm. and then all of a sudden transferred up. And it's like, whoa, wait, what what the fuck just happened here? Like, <laughs> you don't see that yeah. all too often. No, you don't. Um, and it, it's not like a coordinator left or anything. Like his his OC down at NCCU is still there, and Matt Leone. Um, I thought that might be a lead somewhere. I, I did look into that one. It doesn't look like he's a candidate for what it's worth to be. A, now I say that, and then we'll watch what happens. He's going to get the job, but yeah, um, right. I, I don't think he's a legitimate candidate for the job. But uh, I'm trying. I'm trying to find out any type of connection. The only one that has a sort of connection would be the Kent State D line coach, and that's Colin Farrell. He's a Jersey guy. Mm-hmm. But Rutgers has a D-line coach, so it makes no sense there. Unless he just kind of said, like, hey, this kid entered the portal. If you guys want to take a look at him, like, they, they all back channel. They all help each other once in a yep. while. So it wouldn't shock me there. But uh, I'm just trying to figure out what the connection is. It just it seems like he might have just visited on a whim. and Or maybe Rutgers just put in the effort. Maybe they put in the work. Yeah. Uh, Got to give him credit, though, for getting him on campus. This was a, uh, a huge visit. And then uh, – a couple more visits too, obviously between Parrish Shan, between um, I'm sure someone else is going to leak out within the next day, and it's going to be like, oh, that guy visited this weekend too, and it's like, all right, cool, mm-hmm. we're just gonna we're just gonna let all these kids like secretive visits. I love it though. Shiano somehow has managed to still be secretive in the social media era, and it's just like that's unheard of. I'm about to start like stalking like the like the campus or something like that. <laughs> I know like some some crazy shit happens at some other schools. I know like OSU, mm-hmm. some of the reporters go to uh go to the, like like last year when Fleming came to on a visit, every reporter went to the airport to watch them greet him. Really? And it was just like I'm dude, you can't pay me enough to go to Newark Airport for fun, like or for yeah. work even. Like I'm I'm going in there, I'm getting on the flight and I'm leaving. I don't want to be there. I hate the airport. It's miserable. One good yep. thing there is the bar, but even then, it's like twelve dollars a drink. It's just mm-hmm. anyway. Enough of that. Um, so he's the the big uh, you know unknown visitor still. Um, you you're, we're trying to you know get him uh, on the record about you know how his visit going and what drew him to Rutgers, but this one right at the moment is still. Very, um, there's a lot of mystery behind this one because can't figure mm-hmm. out what the connection is with the staff. Um, he's a very high level player, he's got a lot of offers. Um, so him visiting Rutgers is a, is a huge deal. Uh, he could probably, his, he's got enough talent to play at any Power Five school. Let's just put that out there. So, is there something else that we're un- unaware of at the moment? Who knows? But very big get to get him on campus. Um, Obviously, this upcoming weekend is a, is a visit for 
is it was is it is a visit weekend for the class of 2023 in high school um correct are you hearing everyone is going to be there for the most part it's mostly it's all the guys who haven't taken official visits yet so it's like um i forget who it was specifically like dylan braithwaite hasn't taken one john stone hasn't taken one just here peterson surprisingly not i guess surprisingly not surprisingly hasn't taken one per se um so there's going to be a lot of those guys nick oliveri who just committed uh, we had a pot on him. So, uh, I don't even know a week ago at this point. Uh, three uncommitted or three uncommitted or committed elsewhere guys. So I think I said this in the last pod, but Digibril Abdul Rahman, Canadian edge rusher, uh, who actually really like his tape. I, I think we got we got to get him a ranking soon. It's kind of annoying me that we don't have one yet. Um, Chimde Ona, who's committed to Old Dominion, but uh, is getting pushed really, really hard by Nebraska to the point where it's sounding like he might not even he's might not even sign in December. It might get pushed back. So that's not a good sign in regards for Rutgers and his recruitment if he pushes it back. But obviously they're going to try to push and try to get him signed and try to get him committed or flipped, I should say. Uh, so that that would be a big one if they can get him on camp or get him locked in. If they can't and he leaves campus without a commitment, I'd probably say wait till Monday to Tuesday because that's kind of when some of those things start to leak out. But if he doesn't end up committing, I, I would say there's a really good chance that he's probably not going to end up with Rutgers. Um, he is a massive offensive lineman. I, I think Rutgers would love to get him, obviously. Uh, and then Najir Chichiri, he just visited UConn last weekend for an official. It sounds like he really liked it there, but uh, he's uh, he's going to visit Rutgers this weekend. He's a tight end slash offensive tackle. They don't really know where they want him yet at just currently. I think it will really depend on uh, what the outlook of this staff looks like, too. We, we don't know who's coming back, who's not. I know yeah. technically I uh, I posted the contracts yesterday, or their end dates, I should say. And it sounds like uh, the only person whose contract technically ends this year, I believe, was uh, – where is it? Expiring contracts. I think it's Hoffman, actually, which would be a little shocking because I didn't think he had a bad year whatsoever. I think he, he did with – he worked with whatever he had, not saying that there was much there. And at some point, you have to consider, do you give him a break because of that? Or do you just kind of say, like, hey, you didn't de- develop much? So I don't know. He's got a lot of young dudes in that room. I think they, they had seven freshmen, obviously. So it's it's hard to say how much uh, how much development he did in that regard. But he's technically the only one that uh, expires in February, from what I can see. The only two I haven't gotten back uh, in terms of the Oprah requests were Orphy and Shaw, but they both signed last year. And most guys usually sign two years under Shiana. So I would assume they have this year and next year, whereas uh, Hoffman's technically expires in February. So something to watch. Very interesting. Yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I'd imagine they're waiting for the first big domino to fall, AKA the OC. I think it's pretty obvious at this point, we're probably <clears throat> not going to hire Nunzio Campanelli as the OC. He would have done that immediately, or at least within the first couple of days after the season. I think it would be a terrible look to do it at this point, more than two weeks after the season's over. Um, again, we're speculating, but I imagine mm-hmm. a lot of the guys Shiano at the top of his list, uh, like we said yesterday, probably turned him down. So I think he's now just trying to figure out, you know, kind of back to the drawing board type list. See, you know, in between visits, because obviously this is the very important visit time too. They're both equally important, but the visits you have to, to prioritize on the weekends. At least during the week, you probably yeah. go all out finding the OC. Um, but. You take in-homes, you do all that other stuff too. Um, yep. Obviously, she, I think Shiano did an in-home with, who the hell was it this week? Was it Shand? It was someone. I forget who it was. One of the transfer guys, but uh, that's something to monitor too. And then going back to the, the contract thing, I, I also I sent this to you yesterday. 
I'm going to see if I can pull this up real quick on this, this screen share thing. So if you don't have, uh, if you're listening on the pod, obviously go to Twitter, go to Nick Oliveri's Twitter. He tweeted out all these letters, right? Mm-hmm. Like they always send like these these crazy letters. Uh, let's see if it pops up. Is it popping up? It's not popping up. There it is. Yep. See all these letters? It's interesting. If you go through all these letters, this is conspiracy, Richie talking. <laughs> all, all these letters. And you don't see two specific names. You see Heatherman. You see all the other like uh, recruiting guys. You see Josiano, Munoz, blah, blah, blah. You see every single, um, what do you call it, assistant coach. But you know who you don't see? You don't see Hoffman, and you don't see Ulrich. Mm. Why would Hoffman not write a letter to the 2023 O-line commit if he's the O-line coach? Mm, I should have brought my tinfoil up. Nice. Yeah, yeah. Good segment, I, yeah. We're gonna to have to do that for now. I'm tinfoil. Get like a little music like intro. <laughs> um, but yeah, no, hey, I'm just saying. It's just it's something. To, it's something to monitor. I see Harris Simiak on there, right into the O line commit. I see Heatherman right into mm-hmm. an O line commit. But I don't see a specific someone. I do see Valone, who helps out with the O line. Mm-hmm. And but guard Phil Guard too. And, and Phil Guard too. I forgot about him as well. Mm-hmm. But I don't see. Hoffman or Ulrich, and maybe it's telling, maybe it's not. Who knows? I will, so I do want to <laughs> preface this by saying Hoffman was in the crowd with the recruits this past weekend. Uh, he's yeah. a hard guy to miss in the, in the crowd. Oh, yeah. but, um, <laughs> he was it, there it, for what it's worth, it, but that's, maybe he doesn't like Brighton. Who knows? Well, that's that's the one good thing about <laughs> a lot of our coaches is like they have a lot of distinctive looks. Like Joe Harris-Simiak, you're not going to miss him in a crowd given the, the beard size and the bald head. Watson's, you know, just a huge guy in general. Um, Heatherman just has that, that's, you know, he's got a very distinct look, I'll say. Um, Hoffman with the, uh, the, you know, the, the bright white beard. Shiano is just, you know, anytime Shiano's in the room, you know where he is, just based on, like, the crowd. But uh, the coach I, I will say Hoffman. Hoffman did do an in-home back on the six with uh, John Stone, another offensive line commit, but... Mm. Ulrich, though. Huh. I wonder where he's at. I haven't seen him in a while. Very I didn't see him at the game. He wasn't in the photo. Yeah. Unless he, unless he was hidden, but he, he is liking tweets, though, from like 20 hours ago, so there's that. <laughs> you never know. Yeah. You just never know. Well, he was Gleason's guy, so, well, obviously, he was Gleason's guy, but also Shiano had him as a, you know, an assist or a, you know, a uh, GA or GA, something. and he also worked with him at Tampa, so... Yeah, something weird like that. So we'll see, but just just a little speculation there, you know. Yeah, I just want something to happen. I'm like staring <laughs> at like the <laughs> staring at the the cage, just tapping it, like do something. Oh yeah, you just get the do little something. stick, and it's like mm-hmm. I'm actually gonna make that a meme. Now <laughs> it's gonna be like, should I make it Shiano get poked by the stick or like um, the Rutgers logo? I'd like, appreciate that or something. Yeah, something. yeah. <laughs> I'll let you oh, have some gosh. artistic freedom with that one, but feel free uh, to, to yeah. steal my material here. I got you. I'm, I'm taking that 100%. Um, well, that is kind of – is there anything else you wanted to kind of go through? I feel like we might be missing something. Uh, hoop. No, went over that. Uh, we had another game on Saturday. That's a pretty big yep. one. Uh, Wake Forest. Noon versus Wake Forest. Um, who else? Let me think. Uh, wrestling, big win for wrestling. Lex should have a pre or a recap uh, today sometime. I don't know what time. Uh, there's a little animosity going on on Rutgers Wrestling Twitter. I don't know if you saw that. Yeah, Richie Lewis. Richie Lewis uh, calling out the program quite a bit. Tried comparing himself to uh, Anthony Parati in National. 
And Ashinal agreed with him on Instagram, which was interesting. Where Parati obviously took the, uh, yeah. the opposite. And then I think, uh, who was it, Sammy Alvarez or someone called him out too on Twitter? Yeah, I don't get that. Um, from, from everything I've heard. Like oh, Jackson Turley, I'm sorry. Yeah, everybody loves Goodale for the most part. Um, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they are struggling a little bit. Like, they should have beat Princeton without going by the points. Okay. Without going by the, the points, I mean, they should have beat them overall. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it's definitely interesting, something to monitor. But uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens there. I don't think anything happens of it, but it was just a little interesting. I know all the message boards got a little hyped from it, and uh, people are picking sides. But I, Goody's the guy, so. Yeah. It's the green. Goody's pretty good, man. I love Goody. Yep, same. Um, all right, guys. Well, thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Night Report Podcast. For me and Richie, we'll see you next time. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, click Grainger.com, or just stop by. Granger For the ones who get it done.